We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. Happy Father's Day weekend. All of you dads out there. Got plenty to get into today. We're going to talk about some free agent shooting guards. Joining me, as always, it's Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing, man? Like <laughs> that was—I I know that was a—that was a tough night last. I look, look, not going to lie. I felt relief with the outcome of the game, but of course, because that's going to be my my own bias coming in. But at the same time, I felt for what you and a lot of other Celtics folks were dealing with on uh, on Twitter last night. Yeah, it's it's really tough because if you had told Celtics fans before the year they're going to make the NBA Finals, they would have been happy with that. Sure. If you had told them in mid-January that they were going to make the NBA Finals, uh, first they probably would have sent you for a mental health evaluation. Then they would have been extremely happy with that. But I, I get it. It sucks, right? It sucks to get that close. The, the games were all – the final scores weren't close, but the games themselves were still relatively close. Mm -hmm. I think it was maybe the second finals I saw ever where every game was uh, 10 points or more uh, decided, um, which is kind of interesting to to note um, in it. But, yeah, it, it's tough. But, man, people just they, – they go to the most angry places. There's, like, people who are legit now, and it's not – it's – it, some of it's just the casual fans, right? Who are like, sure. you know, and in a couple of days they'll be back to, you know, complaining about baseball and football and everything else. But you know, it's you know, Jason Tatum has no heart. He doesn't play hard. We got to get rid of this guy, and you know, dumping on the whole team and that stuff just gets draining, and it wears on you very, very quickly. And you know, quite frankly, I need to be better about just tuning it out and not even looking at it. But you know, it, it is what it is. The you know. It was a good season for the Celtics. Unexpectedly good yeah. season, uh, all things considered. And you know the future is still bright. You know there's no guarantee they'll get back. I mean the the Thunder never did when they were that young, uh, up and coming team. But right. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens and you know how they move it, move things forward. There's you know a whole whole lot going on there with you know, will ownership green light going deep into the tax and those kind of things. And if they do, then they're, they should be set up pretty well to add a couple guys to this roster, but, but we'll see where all that comes deal over the next uh, couple weeks. So yeah, when you, when you pan back, you can't be too upset about this team that was not looking good in December, January. <laughs> I mean, people were calling for Emio Doka to be dismissed. They were and, under 500 on January 21st. Yeah. And, and then here they are in the, in the final. So it's hard to, you know, with that context, it's hard to be too upset but 
the way that game went down, I was surprised. I, like I thought this is going to be big Jason Tatum game. Like this is gonna he's you know this is gonna be a thirty to forty point Tatum game. And I'm seeing a lot of people out there that are that are expressing a lot of frustration with him. What do you think happened there? Is there injury? Is that fatigue? Is that what what do you think happened with with him? And I think part of this we need to caution. He's 24, right? Like there's this is very much not a oh Jason Tatum just doesn't have it, write him off forever situation. But in that specific game, it didn't there were long stretches where it didn't feel like his presence was felt to the degree that you thought it was going to be. No, it's absolutely true. He he was the best player on the floor in the first round when they beat the Nets against Kevin Durant. He was the best player on the floor at times uh, when they beat the Bucks and Giannis in the second round. And he was the best player on the floor in the East Finals uh, for the majority of you know the time in the seven games and that featured Jimmy Butler. Uh, I At no point did I think he was going to be better than Stephen Curry, but I thought he'd be a lot better than he was. Uh, he just could, could make shots, especially inside. Uh, his his finishing around the rim fell apart. He drove the ball more than he ever has in any six game stretch in the finals. Um, that's regular season at any point. He drove the ball more uh, percentage of his plays were were dry, or number of drives per game. I should say. Well, I guess percentage of his plays too, but number of drives per game were up. But his finishing was abysmal. He was like thirty one percent on drives Mm -hmm. uh, against the Bucks with Giannis and Brooke Lopez inside. He was at almost 49% finishing against those guys off of drives. So I I don't know. I I don't want to put excuses out there. You know, his his shoulder was clearly bothering him. He was clearly tired, but he just wasn't good enough. I mean, that's just, you know, when we see this sometimes and it's almost like players, it feels like they always go one of two ways. Either this becomes, Remember that series where Jason Tatum faltered and wasn't mm-hmm. very good against the Warriors, and then he was great from thereafter. Or this could be a he got there, he's never really good, and then he never really you know got to that level again. So only time will tell. You know that there's as you said, he's 24. There's a lot of story left to be written there. But yeah, right now it's it's discouraging uh, for sure with, with the way he played. And I think the important thing is. He knows it, and no one is more discouraged than he is. Sure, like he, I, he is the most even keeled player I've ever covered. Doesn't get excited, doesn't get down. It's pretty much he's in a lot of ways very, very boring to to cover uh, as far as his quotes and stuff because he just doesn't he doesn't give you anything. You know, it's always oh, you know, they're a great team. That's a great player, and I need to work hard. I need to be better, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. All the stuff that guys say when they don't want to say anything. And last night you could tell he was just he was he was crushed he was devastated he yeah. in his post game presser I've never seen him look like that and that in a lot of ways as much as it it's painful that's encouraging because as Ime Udoka said which is so true you want it to hurt yeah. hurt now for months you know let you know take take this hurt all the way into October and let that be what pushes you forward you know as as we go into next season so you know it it sucks but. It is what it is. I thought the other big story out of this from the, the Celtics side in terms of why this result came about, because the Celtics were the favorite going into the game. There was a point in this series where it looked like the Celtics were in pretty good shape. They were up two to one. Yeah. Um, up two to one with a lead in game four. That's right. To go up three one. And yep. Yeah. Um, the bench really disappeared. 
Yeah, I mean, five, five points, five points from the bench. And the moment looked too big for Derek White. Uh, Grant Williams uh, was, you know, 16 minutes, one for two shooting. Didn't really make much of an impact out there. What I be, uh, this is what's so confounding is the bench was so strong in the previous series. They were the guys that were just, they were clutch. They were making plays. They were looking like everything was, everything was just on autopilot. Like the, the pressure didn't phase them. And then suddenly here we get to the finals and you get into the later stages and it was like, they just forgot how to be successful. Yeah. Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard never really showed up in the finals. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they just stayed in Miami after game seven or, or what happened. Derek white, was pretty good in the first couple games and then just absolutely fell off the planet. Just could, could make a shot. Didn't look confident at all no. in a shot. He, we actually just wrapped up uh, exit interviews with actually all three of those guys and they all touched on points of confidence um, at, at points. And with Williams and Pritchard, you get it a little bit more. Um, I think there's, there's with white, there's, you expect a little bit more because he's more of a veteran, but also I think there's some of this. Well, he was with the Spurs, but he wasn't with the the Spurs, right? Like he wasn't there for that. He hasn't been around yeah. that long. Uh, he kind of came in on the tail end of a couple of those uh, guys finishing up. So I, it's definitely tough. Um, that is the spot where upgrades are needed. The starting five is good. You know, everybody yells and screams, and I, I, I you know, shouldn't have done it. And I get caught in it on Twitter last night in game, you know, with all the, the Celtics need a floor general stuff. Mm-hmm. And people love to say that, but nobody ever says who. And then when they do, they're like, they need a Chris Paul type. Chris Paul is one of one. <laughs> there's, That's right. not, there's not Chris Paul types. Like there, there's Chris Paul and then there's everybody else. Like it's just, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, we just covered in our last, Last show, show before last, whenever mm-hmm. it was, we just covered all the free agent point guards. And no, you could go trade for somebody, of course. But it's the these old school run the offense floor generals that people think they need. They just don't really exist. And if they yeah. do, they're you know, like Ricky Rubio coming off a torn ACL at 32 and he can't shoot. So is Ricky Rubio going to be playable in the end of a playoff game? Like, yeah, you know, where are we going with, with that? Like, that's, that's what's tough. So as, as I look at everything this team needs. I'm going to say this, not that there couldn't be improvements. So Marcus Smart is not sure. a top 10 point guard. I'm not, I'm not being stupid, but to get reasonable improvements, I don't know that you're going to upgrade much on the starting five, but you can add bench guys. In sure. order to do that, they're going to have to be pretty expensive. They're going to have to go deep into the tax. They have a $17 million trade exception that they can use. They, they will have the taxpayer MLE they can use. You can go get, players with those uh, really round out your rotation and be ready to go because of how poor the free agent class is. Both of those are really nice tools, right? Especially the taxpayer mid-level, um, you know, cause I've been saying it about the Lakers. That's kind of their only tool this summer, but it's a good one because it has good spending power because there's not a lot of cap space around right. the league. So you should be able to pick off a pretty useful player. Boston's in the same place, but unlike golden state, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, even this past year, we'll see where they go going forward. The Lakers, when they're really good, the Clippers, obviously now the Celtics have put a limit on how far into the tax or if they're even willing to go into the tax. They have always said, if we're a title contender, we'll, we'll pay the tax. Mm-hmm. 
well, we'll pay the tax is a lot different from we'll pay hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> right. in yes. the tax, right? So that's, but test it, right? We got to find out like, what is that? Is that we'll go 10 million into the tax? We'll go 15 million into the tax, whatever it is, because clearly now you can't even make the case that, well, they're not really a title contender. You were just there Correct. playing game six. You're there. You got to spend the money now and see where it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's just it. They've proven that they've, they're a title contender. And so now there's no there's no excuse for not spending. They're going to have yep. to go out there and see if they can find some additions. Um, flip it over to the Warriors. You know, we talked early in the series about how bad Draymond looked. We talked about how many things needed to go right for the Warriors. And then they all went right. I mean, Steph Curry yep. was 0 for 9 from 3 last game, 6 for 11 in this one. I thought that he's was unbelievable. the best. He's, he's it, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely yep. incredible. Um, finals MVP. I hate all the discussion around that. I hate all the, the hot takes and the, the, Oh, well now what does this mean for Kevin Durant's legacy? What does this mean for Steph Curry's legacy? What is this? Is, is Curry better than, than LeBron now is Curry. Yeah. Where does Curry rank now? All time. Like, my goodness, just enjoy a, an incredible performance. Yeah, right. by an incredible player. Like, what? 14 hours ago or yeah. in that range. Like, yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. No, it's crazy. I, I, if I can on Steph, I my my thought process and they you know it came in an avalanche of tweets as everything went. And I said Steph Curry earned the MVP. He didn't need mm-hmm. it, but he earned it. Right. Yeah. And in my my opinion, he didn't need to a finals MVP to validate his career. I mean, what are we doing? Like this guy's you know, great. People act like he got the Warriors to the finals and then put his feet up those other years and let other people, you know, go win it for him. Like he was still good. They yeah. just, you know, the other guys were better i guess and the iguodala one that's even still you know that's even kind of questionable there but yeah i, I just I, I don't get that yeah and then pulling in you know all these other players like it's just you know god say let's save those discussions for august like we're right yeah <laughs> like we're like, acting we, like we, we have, have nothing it's like we're out of things to talk about so yeah. oh let's talk about where steph curry ranks yeah. all time like let's talk about what he did on the floor yeah. last night let's talk about the way that he was able to iso al horford yeah. and get into the paint i think that's everybody thinks of him as a three-point shooter but mm-hmm. i thought his ability to get to the rim was absolutely phenomenal two layups. And, yep. and, and it was he doesn't he didn't look like he was trying by and by yeah, that i mean like he he did it at his own pace at his yeah. own speed, it wasn't like like John Morant goes flying at the basket and he has his own style and everything and all of that. Like that's and that's great. Steph, you're watching him and you're like going, he's not going to give. Oh, he did get by. Yeah. And then suddenly he's at the rim and he's got this layup and it's 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 incredible and it speaks to just his skill and I know the shooting causes the defenders to be out further on him. Uh, he picked the right times to attack. He was he was absolutely fantastic all game. And then I thought you got. Fantastic performances out of. I thought that was the best Draymond we've seen in a yeah. long time. He the was. Last games, he's been really he, good. Yeah, he was next level, and it wasn't even just the stats. You look at the stats: twelve boards, eight assists, two steals, two blocks, twelve boards. That I mean, that's like peak Draymond right there, right? But mm-hmm. there were so many times last night during the game where Draymond did something defensively, and I went, "Oh my gosh!" Like the read that he made was unbelievable. Like incredible, yeah. just anticipating exactly what was going to happen and knowing the right spot, the right place to be. He was phenomenal. Andrew Wiggins didn't shoot well, but defensively, he was absolutely fantastic. And then yeah. still puts up. And look at the stat line: eighteen points, six boards, five assists, four steals, three blocks. I mean, I think for as much as we talk about Jason Tatum's 
struggles. You got to give credit to Andrew Wiggins for what he was doing defensively with him. Um, This was a phenomenal performance from him for a guy that was, you know, written off for quite a while. And now he's found this fit. I, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, did the Warriors just, was that just the right environment for him? I think that's part of it. I also think the NBA has shifted a little bit from when, as well as Wiggins himself has grown and developed and all that. But the NBA in terms of what skill sets are valuable has changed since he came into the league towards what he does, you know, in terms of what he can do defensively, in terms of what his athleticism can bring you in a wing player. And, uh, and it's all worked out for him. And now he's looking, looking fantastic. And again, this was a huge redemption moment for him in the NBA finals. Yeah. If I can hit on a couple of things there, those two yeah. layups that Curry got on Orford, you know, those were kind of day and they came when Boston was still there. Like they were still like trying to get over that hump. And they just couldn't get those stops. Uh, that pull up three he hit oh from gosh. Like the, the edge of the logo, basically. Like that was at that point, that was, and that, maybe that was the one where he started pointing to his ring finger afterwards, so. which was just, I mean, that's all time, you know, like guy, guy got you here uh, stuff. I mean, he was just unreal. Draymond, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, when it is all said and done at the end, I hope people recognize that this guy is one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like he, there's just nothing he can do. And then on Wiggins, I think Wiggins. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. His, how do I put this? His ability to adapt his own game is huge because sometimes when guys are the number one overall pick, they just are who they are. Not that they don't get mm-hmm. better, no, but they don't true. change the way they play. And I think he joined that Warriors team and he went through with them a lot of stuff around you where he learned how to cut off the ball and move and stay engaged and be a defender and be a team defender and do all the things that he needed to do that he just wasn't doing other places. And I don't know that it ever would have come without being with those guys, without those guys kind of riding him every single day of you need to do this. You need to do that. I mean, his off ball game in this series was so good. You know, he had some of those relocation threes and those kind of things. He, he was great. You know, and then clay, you know, making some big plays too uh, down the stretch. I mean, they, they weren't all necessarily great in game six, but Otto Porter, Jordan Poole stepping in. Kavon Looney was just such a monster on the boards. I mean, that team, they're just well put together. And 
I guess what's kind of pivoting away from last night and the mm-hmm. title kind of quickly, it, I, I mean, we'll have to see what James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody ultimately become, but they're really close to threading that needle of one group right into the next. Right. And it's, it, those guys are not going to become the next, you know, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Like, let's not be silly. But I think it is there, those three guys, if they can get better and give them something, this Warriors team's not going to go away. I'm not saying they'll contend for a title every single year, but they're just not going to go away because you've you know, those three guys, you got Jordan Poole, you've kind of got your next guys coming, coming down the line. So I'm very, very interested. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, do they eventually hit a point where they're like, all right, we got all these guys. Do we need to pay Gary Payton a second? He was also mm-hmm. great defensively. Uh, Otto Porter. Know, the series. Yeah, Otto Porter, Kavon Looney. Even do we, you know, do we and can we pay all these guys? I mean, basically right now they're printing money, so I guess they mm-hmm. can. But, you know, I mean, at some point everybody, you know, I, I continue to believe everybody but Steve Ballmer has an upper bounds to, you know, what, what they're willing to pay. But we haven't found it for the Warriors yet. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe they will just keep paying guys and keep keep churning. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, when you're winning championships, that's going to be the expectation is that you keep it rolling. Um, yep. So we'll see what they what they do there. Last thing, and then I know we need to get into our free agent shooting guards. Uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, two devastating injuries. Yeah. To come back and get to where he was. Um, you know, there have been a few stories out about him and about the toll it took, you know, the loneliness, being rehabbing for that long and being away from your team. Um, that's not, that's not easy. And so this is, this is big for, for him to come all the way back. And even though he didn't shoot that great in in the last game, I thought he had a good series and for him to battle all the way back. I think that's, that's huge, uh, personally, as well as, you know, organizationally for the team, but, but personally for him to battle back from those two injuries and then find himself back on the top of the mountain. That's a pretty incredible story. And I fully understand sports hate and hate are two very different things. Yeah. Right. Where there's people we say we hate, right? Like, like I, I know for you, like you hate the Celtics, right? But sure. like, that's a, you know, I would hope that's not a real thing, right? Like I would hope if, you know, you saw a Celtic in the street and needed help, you would help, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And like, right? like sports. when we were, we were doing our live show last night and when Jalen Brown went down, um, and it looked like at first I, there was yeah. a moment where he reached and he grabbed the back of his leg yeah. by his heel. And I went, Oh my, my, my stomach dropped. I went, Oh my gosh, because even look, I don't want to see the Celtics win and all that because of the yeah. Lakers and all that kind of, I don't want to see anybody hurt. Yeah. Certainly. I don't care if they're a Celtic clipper. It doesn't matter. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, that's very much the case. And, and I guess with, with clay too, there is, it's hard to even find anybody who sports hates clay. Right. Like there are some, but though those people I think are just generally miserable people who hate everything. Mm-hmm. I think with Clay, if you can't be happy for him above all else, there, like it's like, then, you know, please don't subscribe and don't watch our show anymore because you're, you're just not a good person. Right. Like it's just everything he went through. The guy is just, you know, and you hit it. He hit on the loneliness, the times when it was, mm-hmm. he said multiple times, just me and Wiseman down there in the yeah. G League. You know, and then he talked about how like and they had those G League guys beating the crap out of me every day, you know, and and I just wanted to get back. And he talked about how like, you know, and then I would go home, work out, do my thing and go home because the team was on the road for two years of that. Like that is, you know, that's 
you you think of he's made a ton of money. He won championships. He could have just said, I'm done. He yeah. could have very easily said, you know what? It's been a good run. I'm done. But he just kept working and got back and, you know, super happy for him, you know, above probably everybody. You know, I'm, I'm happy for Steph, too, because, you know, I just think it's, you know, not that he didn't need it, but it's, you know, anytime a guy can shut up more people like, great, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, you know, quiet them all down. But, yeah, I, you know, all around, you know, um. Final thoughts on the season. I know you, you hated it. You, I think, multiple times have said it's the worst NBA season ever. Yes, um, <laughs> indeed. For, from, for the, for the, it was the worst yeah. Lakers season in history. Sure. I yeah. think, um, you know, quite frank, I'm a little sad the Celtics didn't really put the nail on that. <laughs> Understandable. Um, Understandable. You know, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, all around, though, I think this was a super fun season. Uh, we saw some young guys really step forward. Um, I thought the playoff games themselves weren't great, especially in the last couple rounds. Yeah. Like we had so many blowouts. So that was early games were good. Early, early games rounds were, really were, yeah, were, were a blast. Absolutely. Like that Celtics net series felt like everyone didn't know they didn't, but felt like they all came down to the last minute. Uh-huh. Too. Um, even though that one was a sweep, like it was just kind of a weird playoffs, but you know, all, all around, I think, you know, I was asked this earlier today. I think the league's in great shape. I, I think, you know, the, the NBA is in phenomenal shape as far as, you know, good young stars. Some of the, the older stars are still hanging around and super productive and probably get another couple of years in them. So, you know, I think all around we're, we're excited and, you know, let's hope for a uh, exciting off season. And I think that's where we're headed next, right? Yep. Yeah. And right now we're going to continue our series breaking down to the free agents because the NBA, it's a, it's a year long news cycle. And now we're going to get into, we've got the draft in less than a week. Now we've got free agency. And uh, today we're going to take a peek at free agent shooting guards and what that market looks like. Um, so let's, yeah, let's jump into it here. Here right. is, yeah, you want to do what want you do the intro in case anybody missed yep. um, the point guard. So can you, you explain again, Keith, how this, this works. Yep. So what I do um, with these, and if you're watching the show or you listen here uh, as we talk about this, and you'll be able to read these in print mm-hmm. at Spot Track probably next week. Um, we'll have, have those up nah, uh, there. So um, I will say this um, with these rankings. I do these the way the teams generally do them. They split these guys into tiers. Um, the tiers are all-star, starter, rotation, and fringe. Just a quick explainer on those in case you didn't listen to the point guard show. But really, go back and listen to the point guard show, too, because mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun with that one. Um, but the all-star doesn't actually mean these guys are all-stars or have been all-stars. It's more about are they an all-star level of player? Uh, if they're a little younger, could you see them being an all-star? Um, in this case, the guys who I have in that tier are, all have been all-stars at time. Um, the starter level, it's either starter or a starter level of impact. So if we think back to the all-time grade sixth men, um, or even like this year, Tyler Hero, he's not a starter, but Tyler Hero is a starter level player mm-hmm. um, because of the impact he has how much he plays rotation guys are just that they're rotation guys. They're they're This doesn't mean they're bad players. They're just good players. There's generally some limitation that keeps them from being a starter. Uh, even sometimes some of the rotation guys are starters, but they're like starters who start and they're out 
five minutes into the game and those kind of things. And then fringe are guys who are towards the back end of rosters. Uh, they think your last three to five players on each roster, mm-hmm. um, just kind of hanging in there. This is where most of the two-way guys will fall and those kind of things. If you have any problems with the rankings, if you're looking at them uh, on the YouTube show, or if you look at them in print, they're mine. They're not Trevor's. So yell at me, not him. Um, but, but we'll get into it uh, with, with that said. The tiers here, the all-star tier, four shooting guards. I have three players in this tier, James Harden, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal. Um, Trevor, if you have any challenges there, we're, we're, this show's probably going to go right off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that is that is very clear cut. And I think it's great that we actually even have a little bit of news about James Harden yes, to, to get into, to kick things off here. Uh, word is that he may be looking at a short-term extension rather than long-term deal and actually opting in so what are the ramifications of of that and obviously that means that even though he's here on the on the uh the free agent list he won't truly be a free agent. he'll wind up sticking with the 76ers but this player option that we'd be assuming he'd be declining now it sounds like he's probably actually picking this up why are they going this route is this good for the 76ers when what does all of this mean keith yeah i think and you're absolutely right if we even I don't know, six months ago, three months ago, or played four around the trade deadline, we -hmm. would have assumed that opting out and signing a max deal, no brainer, right? For James Harden. That's where we, we would have gone to. But I think now we're in a position with James Harden where it is the, it sounds like what's going to happen is there's just a difference in where do we want to go? Um, with with the contract. It sounds like there's a lot of reporting. Jake Fisher had some of this. Derek Bodner, who covers the Sixers. Um, and if you're interested in Sixers stuff, I don't, for my money, nobody does it better than Derek Bodner. He is fantastic mm-hmm. covering that team. Um, but they're both reporting that ownership has kind of concerns about going to four or five years at the max for James Harden. Um, yeah, if Harden was willing to take $10 million a year at the max, yeah, they'd do it without it or at five at the five year maximum length. Of course he'd do it, right? And they, they or they right. would do it. They'd be happy. So, but it's five years and 60 million in year five. That's where they're balking. So what we're going to see him do, it sounds like is he's going to opt in for next season. Then off of that, he's going to add two years in an extension. What, what will happen there is he'll get a, he'll get a bump all the way up to, uh, to up to what his individual max is, which it's a little tricky to explain, but basically what happens is he's already above the max salary, total salary. So he gets a little bump on top of what his current salary is because he's already above the max. So, um, so that's what he'll do. He'll, he'll sign that, um, to bump him up there. And then he'll in effect have what it seems like there's a little, uh, in the reporting, whether he's going to do a two-year extension or three-year extension, mm-hmm. I tend to think it's probably a two-year, which means he would have three total years. Yeah. I think that's that where sense. it's getting a little confused. Um, but but that's what it sounds like he's going to do is a two-year extension on top. And then if you're Philly, you're protected a little, right? Because if mm-hmm. he really falls apart in the next couple of years, well, you've only got a couple of years left. If he is still good and you're hardened, well, then you're back on the market in a couple of years and you can kind of, kind of go in a, in a different direction. My guess is probably what he'll do is he'll opt in. Then that third year in the extension, we'll get a player option on it mm-hmm. um, too, just to kind of keep things moving for him. But uh, 
he's not going anywhere, which we knew, right? I mean, let's be realistic. We after all they gave up to get him, he wasn't gonna go anywhere. But yeah, that's that's what it sounds like is gonna happen with James Harden. I think this is great for the Sixers. I mean, forty six point eight million next season. So then you'll have some some incremental raises coming off of that. But essentially, if you're the Sixers, I mean, depending on whether or not there's a player option that third year, instead of committing five years to James Harden and having him through age thirty seven season, you've only got him through age thirty five. Which I think that that limits your risk quite a bit because we've been saying for a while now that where Harden's next contract could really get dangerous, it's not so much these first few years. You're still going to get solid production out of him, even if he isn't prime Houston Rockets James Harden. You're mm-hmm. still going to get some value there, but you're eliminating those years where you'd be looking at this contract and thinking, "Man, do we really want to pay 37 year old James Harden 60 million dollars? Like that's that's a lot." They're yeah. chopping that off. And making it so that, hey, if he stays in shape and he's great and he, and he looks like he's just this this warrior all the way through and, and isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to fall to pieces, then okay, maybe you do cross that bridge. But now you have the option of saying, you know what, this, this isn't working. You're, not, uh, you're starting to, to age out here and, uh, and let's move on. So, I mean, this is, to me, this is fantastic for the 76ers. Even if you have to pay a little bit more um, than you would have maybe ideally wanted in terms of you know, $46.8 for next season and then jumping off of that as well. It's a lot, but if you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, it's it's the years, not the not the money. Like I would rather do this than get James Harden to take a minor discount and have it be a five-year deal. Yeah, and in the reality was it doesn't sound like that's what he wanted to do either. Right. Sure. And if, you know, and let's say James Harden, you know, falls into the, I don't think he's going to, but the LeBron or Chris Paul camp and says, you know what, I'm going to now start really investing in my body. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get one of those hyperbaric chambers and I'm going to live in that thing and, you know, do all the stuff that those guys do. Then maybe he is great. You know, in you know year 37 and 38 and those mm-hmm. kind of things but you know for now i think if you're philly this is a pretty good split the difference all right moving on zach yep. levine and bradley beal are the other two guys in the all-star tier we don't need to spend a ton of time here um beal has basically confirmed he's going to opt out of his contract um but he is also without saying it kind of said he's very likely to resign. Um, he did say, I want to be where I, I can win, but then he also couched that with, I think I can do that uh, here in DC. Uh, Zach Levine, despite you know a million stories, which now I feel like they were filler fluff uh, when news was dry. Um, <laughs> it's now coming up shocker as Trevor and I have continued to tell you guys for months, Zach Levine's going to resign in Chicago. Like it just, you know, they can offer him the fifth year, 
and more money. And when you've had two knee injuries, it's it's big. So that's where these these three guys, I think they all stay where they are, at least going into next season. We'll see what happens beyond that. Um, but that's it. Then it gets interesting, I think, when we get into the starter. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, because there's, there's a bunch of guys here. And it's this is weird because I kind of like these guys more than the all-star guys just because of um, there's upside in, in this group. Yeah. Um, Anthony Simons is the next guy on my list. I have him at the top of the starter tier, fourth-ranked shooting guard overall. Some people say Anthony Simons is a point guard. I can't argue that, but he's going to be playing alongside Damian Lillard most likely, which means he'll be mm-hmm. off the ball. It'll be like Lillard and CJ was, right? Like it'll be they'll share the duties, and Simons will be the starting two guard and the backup point guard most likely. Um, I love him. Right. He's, yeah, he's you know, fantastic. One of my favorite. You know, and I, I get it. There's maybe a little bit of empty stats there, but again, and we're this is going to come up with the next guy on the list too. Empty stats, but at good efficiency, aren't that empty to me. They, they, that, that feels more real than a guy who averages 30 points on, you know, 42% shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can put up numbers while shooting in the, you know, mid to high 40s. Uh, feels a lot more real to me. And I, and I like Simons. I thought he came along a big, big way as a playmaker uh, for others too, um, which was big uh, instead of just being a scorer. Defensively, he's a train wreck that him and Lillard as a defensive backcourt's just going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be much watch or must watch TV uh, going, because they're going to do crazy stuff and the teams playing them are probably going to put up big numbers. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. I can't imagine Portland lets him get away. Take advantage of fantasy players going against Portland, <laughs> uh, particularly guards, particularly guards. Um, and, then, and then you move to Colin Sexton. You and I have both been fans of his, particularly with the efficiency, like you were talking about the Anthony Simons. Uh, is he, do we think he's staying? They, they just can't be I mean, restricted. It, it seemed, you know, back yeah. in the trade deadline, there was a lot of talk about the Cavs moving him. And now mm-hmm. it feels like it's shifted the other way to where we're hearing more rumblings about them keeping him. But again, with him being a restricted free agent, that it's possible that's just being put out there to kind of, you know, scare away any suitors. But it feels like now we're on track for Colin Sexton to stick around, at least until the trade deadline when, when rumors start to spike up again. Sure. Yeah, I think um, I think the Rubio injury helps him sticking around a little bit more. Um, we talked about this. Rubio's in the point guard group, obviously. In the, the major assumption around the NBA is that he's probably going to go back to Cleveland. Um, you know, but... I think they've got room for Sexton. And then you kind of let it sort itself out as we get into, you know, around the trade deadline when Rubio will be back. Because then you could have Garland, Okoro, Sexton, Rubio, Karis LeVert, and you're kind of dealing from a position of strength mm-hmm. at that point. Even if you don't get Rubio back, you're still in pretty good shape. Um, if those are kind of your four guards, I that's pretty good guard depth, and that should get you through, you know, what you need. Sexton and Levert, I don't know how much they can play together because that's that's a lot. Two guys who want to shoot quite a bit um, on the same unit, but but you, you sort through that. But yeah, I'm a big Colin Sexton fan. I do wonder if maybe one of the teams with cap space, if they fall short other places and he's kind of still floating out there. Let's, let's say it's like July 5th or 6th as the moratorium's kind of expiring. And most teams have, they've already reached their agreements and he's still sitting out there in there. It's sitting on 20 million in cap space. Do you 
to you say, you know what, we'll throw it at Colin Sexton and mm-hmm. at least force the Cavs to make a decision. And maybe, maybe that's where that one plays out. Uh, next, look, another restricted free agent. We'll stick with it. Uh, Lou Dort of, of the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is getting a little odd um, with this one. This one felt like a guarantee that his team option would be declined to make him a restricted free agent. Right. We talked so about then the that. Thunder would control the process. Now we're starting to hear Lou Dort's name being mentioned in trade talks, uh-huh. which would mean they'd have to pick up that option. Uh, we're starting to hear maybe the Thunder don't want to put a – Let's say he's going to make $15 million average annual value salary. Feels about right-ish for him. That the Thunder don't want to carry that um, into a couple years from now when uh, they should – Kemba Walker comes off the books and they'll have uh, uh, you know a bunch of cap space potentially. So this one's starting to get a little odd. So I think – I if you had asked me even a month ago, I would have said it was 90-10 that they would decline this team option, make him a restricted free agent, wow. and get him re-signed. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking it's maybe more 40, 60 that that's the way it goes, which that's, I don't swing like that, that much on changes. Like I don't, I don't drop my percentages to thought process very often, but there's just something weird going on with that whole situation. We talk about all the time, you know, reading between the lines who benefits. I'm having a tough time thinking of who benefits from that. Like from from that getting out from I mean it doesn't seem like there's really, which I mean does that then mean that this is more likely to just be the truth? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't help anybody. Really. Yeah, I mean unless it is, hey, we'll pick him, we'll we'll pick up the the option and put him in a trade, but that's just a known thing anyway. Like right. that's not a you know a thing. So yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see. Um, all right, three more guys in the starter tier again. Right, said this cards. Pretty thin uh, group here. You know, this and this is going to repeat. Uh, spoiler alert: when we get to the small forwards, power forwards, and centers is actually super deep. Centers not bad, but the other oh boy, it's yeah, thin. the other two are they, they're worse than this. So yeah, you know, if you think this is bad, um, I have Gary so, Harris next on the list. Small small forward. It's just going to be a tumbleweed as our it's, graphic, and that's that's going to be it. Yeah, kind of. it's like a, it's like a tumbleweed around the Martin twins. And that's, that's kind of it. So, spoiler there too. I love those two guys. Um, Gary Harris is the next guy on my list. I think he kind of became forgotten because he spent the yep. year in Orlando. Um, had a pretty good year in Orlando. Seemed like he maybe got a shot back together a little bit as the year went along. Um, he's not going to be back with the Magic, uh, barring something really weird happening. Um, they just they it's not where they're going as a team. Um, somebody's going to get a really good value in, in Gary Harris. And he's a guy, I think, for it feels like 15, 16 teams, you either plug him in as your starting two guard or he comes in as your kind of number one wing off the bench and you're set and you just move forward. I, I've always been a big Gary Harris fan. What do you think he goes for out of the market? Probably the MLE. I, I think yeah. he's going to get the full MLE from somebody. There is slight potential, maybe the magic do a sign in trade that maybe you could get him 12, 13 million mm-hmm. a year. Um, and that that's how he pluses up his salary a little bit from a team. And maybe they send, you know, a, a questionable ish salary back to Orlando or something like that. So may, maybe that's the way it goes um, with, with him. But, but yeah, that, that feels about right to me. So he's an interesting one. Uh, Bruce Brown jr. Another guy yeah. that I mean, He's so unconventional in terms yeah. of how we saw <laughs> yeah, the Nets. He's, is he a two guard? <laughs> like right, exactly. Right? How the Nets used him. 
And that, that makes me like, what is his market really if teams are looking at what the Nets did with him and saying, that's how we have to use him in order for him to be successful? That's not necessarily an easy thing. Like you mentioned, Gary Harris being maybe a plug and play two guard. I don't know if you could say the same for, for Bruce Brown Jr., but he can still provide a lot of value. And I'm not like, I'm not sure he's not going to provide more value than Gary Harris or, you know, but there's that little added wrinkle of, do you have to use him in that specific way where he's like kind of a, almost a false five for you. As you get past the first few guys on the list um, that are kind of the all-star level guys and then Simons, um, he's the best playmaker Mm -hmm. of this group because he's actually a pretty good passer. What will determine for Bruce Brown is, do you believe he's a 40% shooter? And is that percentage scalable with a little bit more volume? Um, Because if you think he can get to three or four attempts per game, maybe even five or six, and maintain high 30s or low 40s as a percentage, now all of a sudden you've got a guy who's really, really good because of his all-around ability to do things. So that's that's where, you know, let's see, um, deal with that one. But that's – it's tough with him because, yeah, because what – this is – it all depends on what – what you think he is and what he can be uh, for you. Um, I want to go next to Pat Connaughton, uh, player option. I will be shocked if he picks up his player mm-hmm. option. Uh, he was really good. I have him in the starter tier because he did start for a lot of the year for the Bucks, uh, mostly due to, to some injuries and things like that. But this guy is just, you know, whether you start him or you put him on your bench, He's going to come in. He's going to shoot really well. Uh, he's way more athletic than he ever gets credit for. Uh, he's he's got springs. Gets, yeah, he's got like that white guy label of sneaky, quick, sneaky, athletic. Um, sorry, the dogs have decided to chime in on this one. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, he is, uh, and he's tough. Um, he's, you know, he's a guy who just fits. He's been there on, you know, championship level teams and he raises his game in the postseason. He was better mm-hmm. in the playoffs uh, than he had been, uh, you know, in the regular season, uh, two years running, including in the Bucks title run. So I'm, I'm a big Pat Connaughton guy. Again, I think probably mid-level ish, uh, or maybe Milwaukee just, you know, says, Hey, we got to lock this down right away. And he doesn't even get that close and they can't replace him. Right. So Correct. There, there's going to be some incentive. Like, it wouldn't shock me if we see like a Robert Covington style deal for Pat Connaughton, sure. where where the Bucks just look at it and say, you know what, we don't want to deal with this guy hitting the market. Let's get this done, even if it means we have to give him, you know, maybe he's an MLE guy, and the Bucks sure. give him eleven or give him twelve. Yeah. You know, you yeah, know what I mean, exactly. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, another team will give you, you know, the MLE. We'll go a little bit higher than that to keep you right. home here. And yeah. and well, it's cheating a little because we're not there, but that's similarly how it's probably going to go Bobby Portis too um, when we get to him uh, on the big the big line. Right. All right. Now we're into the rotation group. This is a big group, so we're not going to cover every guy. Yeah. Let's we'll hop, skip, group. and jump through this one. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll pick through some of the more interesting ones. I have Malik Monk at the top of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Malik Monk is the probably one of the most likely guys in this group to bump into that starting tier if he hits the right team. Um, but Malik Monk is now as close to, I think, kind of locking into that instant offense off your bench guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great shooter. Uh, I thought he made strides as far as being able to do stuff beyond just shooting, but making some shots off the dribble and those kind of things. I, I, I don't know about you, but I think he was maybe arguably the brightest spot for the Lakers this season. Um, you know, I thought, thought one, of them, sure. one, one of the best players that they had, um, you know, but by the end of the year. So yeah, I, I've got him at the top of the group. Um, again, either the MLE or a chunk of the MLE probably for Malik Monk. 
Yeah, uh, agreed. I think that that's what we're going to see for him. He's going to have some opportunities out there. And like he has that ready-made role at his best. He's probably your six man off the bench, your microwave score that can come in and get a bucket for you or get multiple buckets, get hot. Um, That's that's him. And he's been he's been great. He revived his career in L.A. last season. And uh, I think he's going to get he's going to get paid this summer. And, and I think, unfortunately, for the Lakers, that's what's probably going to happen somewhere else because yeah. they're just you know so limited in what they could could pay him. Uh, he's he's talked a lot about wanting to come back, um, but I mean, if if a team comes along and says mid level exception, and the Lakers are saying taxpayer mid level exception. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's, that, the, you know, that, that's yeah. the problem. If what you could see happen there is if there's a, you know, a wink and a nod of take the taxpayer one and plus one. we've got early bird rights. We'll take care of you mm-hmm. next year. We have to have a lot of faith in, you know, where's the team going? What are we going to yep. look like in a year? You know, all that sort of stuff. Um, I know we said jump and skip around, but I want I do want to touch on Victor Oladipo because, yeah. you know, Got back uh, by the end of the year. Was looking pretty good. Looked pretty good in the playoffs. Um, my guess is probably stays in Miami and kind of repays that loyalty of, you know, they paid him a couple million dollars to rehab on the company dime uh, most of, the, of last year. So, uh, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. A couple of restricted guys that are interesting. Lonnie Walker, uh, the fourth out of San Antonio. Dante DiVincenzo uh, with the Kings. DiVincenzo is not happy with the Kings. And I don't know if we talked about this or not, mm-hmm. but – uh, he feels like the Kings kind of did him dirty and he missed out on the starter criteria and the higher qualifying offer um, because they didn't play. They didn't start him and he didn't get a ton of minutes um, after the trade. So he's not real thrilled with that one. So that could turn into an ugly situation there pretty quickly um, with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Could it, I mean, would the Kings be willing if he's upset enough? Do you think the Kings would be willing to just let him go? I don't know about just letting them walk, but I think right. that could turn into a, okay, you got a decent offer somewhere else. Let's turn it into a sign and trade and right. we'll, we'll sort through and get something out of it. Walker, I, I wanted to put him higher and I messed around with him a lot on the rankings. Um, and I had him higher points and then I knocked him back down and then I had him lower and put him back up. And ultimately I was like, this is just where it feels right. Um, I really like his game. It's just, I don't know. He screams, though, if he could get somewhere and get a bigger, more consistent role, maybe he could be a breakout guy. Mm-hmm. Um, then it kind of becomes the veteran pit of woe a little bit. <laughs> um, Wesley Matthews, good bounce back year. He's yep. three and D, but he doesn't offer anything else. But, you know, if you want to put him in your rotation, you're probably going to be okay. You know, he did all right for Milwaukee. Joe Ingles would have been higher on this, but we don't know at all what's going to happen with him after the torn ACL. Injury, yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if he was coming off a healthy season, he'd be up around probably six or seven on the list. Do, uh, do you think he's like, we've talked about Colin, Sa- or I'm sorry, Ricky Rubio going back to the Cavs mm-hmm. after injury. Do you think Joe Ingles lands back with Utah? I kind of think that's maybe the way it goes. Um, and to be clear too, um, why that's allowed, because sometimes people get confused, like, but he got 
trade date. I thought it's a year. Not if your contract expires. That's only right. if you're waived. Um, his contract expired. I I tend to think yes, unless they make major, major roster changes right. where it's like, okay, hey, we're kicking off a completely different iteration. Then maybe he just goes and catches on somewhere with a team that can that will say something like, hey, you can spend the whole year basically rehabbing and then we'll get you back at the very end and go. What are the odds that he sees the Jazz New Jerseys and oh just says, God. I'm out? No, I want horrendous. no part of this. Aren't those awful? <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah, that yellow one, that's just... You know, the the cool. mountain throwback one, that's fine or whatever. But yeah, the, the neon yellow. And, oh. I honestly don't hate the black one either. Yeah. The, the white with the black uh, numbers and lettering, that's kind of okay too. But that yellow one's just... Ugh. It looks like a like a scrimmage, like jersey or something that you just you yeah. bust out for practices or something and then everybody well, throws, throws like them in a pile in the middle jerseys. of the floor and yeah right it's it, yeah it almost looks like the reversible one they give the kid in it the, does with the youth league exactly. um all right we'll whip right through through the next guy scroll down just a tad if yeah. you can so we can yep. get, get to the bottom of the, of the grouping um austin rivers uh wayne ellington Bryn forbes avery bradley um, the next group, these guys all rivers is probably the closest thing to a two-way player on this, meaning can play on both ends of the floor. Uh, Ellington's mm-hmm. just a shooter at this point, and he's not really elite enough to rank much higher. Same with Forbes. And then Avery Bradley, his defense has slipped enough now that I, I don't know where that's going for him. Um, you know, and I know Lakers fans were pretty frustrated with Avery Bradley, uh, by the end of, of the year, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, Tomas Sadoransky, I would have had him higher because he can also play the point. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there that he may he may be headed over to Europe. So we'll see. Uh, then, you know, the only other guys I kind of want to touch on here, Josh Okoji, Troy Brown Jr., uh, a couple guys. I don't know that they'll even end up restricted free agents because I think both would do well to just sign the qualifying offer uh, if it comes. Uh, for, for for either one of them, because I don't know that they're going to get more money than that. They're, they're second draft guys. You're kind of taking a shot in the dark mm-hmm. on either one of those guys. Um, if you can scroll back up, yep. because um, we're, we're almost out of the rotation, guys, here. The only other one is, I believe, Amir Coffey uh, of the uh, LA Clippers. He was converted, similar-ish situation uh, to the others. I probably like him a little bit more. In the fringe group, there there's just not anybody. I really see jumping out of this group. No. Maybe uh, Gabriel Ify Lundberg. He's the guy who came over from Denmark uh, late in the year with the Suns. Mm-hmm. He, he's done some stuff overseas. So maybe I could see him him uh, popping. I know you, you'll you forever have a place in your heart and believe he'll be great for Svi. Mikhailu. That's right. He's gonna. He would be insane to not just pick up his player option yeah. unless he really thinks he can play somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, and even like Jared Culver, what a fall for him mm-hmm. after top pick. But yeah, I mean, this group, you know, Lance is there, Tony Snell is there, but it's you know, they, they, you're, you're down into it uh, when you get here. Lance Stevenson, it's Indiana or bust. Yeah, for exactly. whatever reason, his powers only work in Pony. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but I know, right? that's that's the way it's it goes. Crazy. Yeah. So, and and I, I, you know, uh, I wanted. Um, I'm sorry, Keith. I, I'm sorry. I'm just realizing I did not do this intentionally, but I left the banner up all show saying Warriors win uh, championship. Yeah. That that was not that was not intentional <laughs> sure. or meant to, or meant as like a shot or anything. I really did not see. I didn't notice until just sure. now. Yeah, we I, all believe I, you. Okay, Trevor. I okay. apologize. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, right. Uh, the whole show, Keith is just going, what is this? This guy's a jerk. What is he I, doing? Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, with uh, um, Elijah Hughes was a guy I was hoping when he got traded to Portland, um, finally got rota- uh, rotation minutes, that he might break out and show a little bit more there, and he, and he really didn't. So there's just, I mean, Bunch of these guys will be training camp guys. A uh, mm-hmm. bunch of them will be on rosters next year. Some will be back on two ways, but that's the shooting guard position. It's, uh, you know, I feel like I'm a broken record, but it's a little light. <laughs> like, be excited, you know, cap space teams. Be excited. Yeah. yeah. Be looking at oh, trades. Boy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, it's going to be the summer of the trade. Yeah. Oh, well, Keith, it didn't happen. I was so excited. Like I'm waiting. I built a new breaking news. No, drop, and we didn't get any. <laughs> and there wasn't any. I've been, the whole show. I've been like kind of keeping a corner of my eye on Twitter just to see if any if anything happens. Nothing, which means it's going to happen right after we right after we Probably. finish this. But but it is there. It's it's ready and waiting. So at some point, I'm sure during this offseason, we will have mid show breaking news, and then we'll get to unveil it. I'm not even going to show you, so it's just going to be a surprise. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to wait too. I um yeah, even was scrolling Twitter a little bit. I saw a notification that but it was Woj dropped the podcast with an actor. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh man, that's not even it. So <laughs> oh well. Next yep. time. Next time. Next time. So, next time. Um, hey, let's do a little, little bit of housekeeping for, yeah. for folks here. Um no more games to talk about. We're going to fully shift in the off-season mode mm-hmm. uh, here. So we'll continue to do news and rumors and all that stuff. We've got the draft is less than a week away right. on Thursday the 23rd. Um, as of right now, our plan is on YouTube to do a live draft show. Yep. Um, we'll do you know comments and questions and everything else. We'll have a lot of fun. Um, it won't be the watch-along version of it because, let's face it, probably going to be watching on Twitter and we'll know you know minutes to – you know, several minutes ahead of yep. what the picks actually are, but that'll be fun because then we could talk about them and you know get into all of that stuff. And hopefully, then we'll have a bunch of breaking news uh, drops as, as well as we could drop our trade. Uh, you know, you know, one as well. Oh, right. that's that right. So we'll, yep. we'll have a lot of fun during the draft. Um, then only a week later, at six p.m. Free agency. Opens. Oh boy! Whether we go live for that or not, I believe. Tell me if I'm wrong, because. You could correct me here in front of the world. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do our live wrap-up shows again. I'm at the end of each day in free agency like we did last year. We had a yeah. lot of fun with those. Um, those are good for the first, at least first, you know, three, four days of free agency when most of the action happens. Um, those tend to be pretty late at night, but you also get Punchy Keith and Punchy Trevor. Well, That's right. We're awfully tired and who knows what we might say. So we, uh, but we have a lot of fun with those too. There was one day last year when I think I had done – it was like, it was like high single digit. It was like eight or nine different videos already for yes, the Lakers sure Nation side, and then yeah. and then we did our live show, and, and I, I was like on autopilot for. for the I entire remember because so. it was the day that they signed like fourteen dudes to yeah, that's right. Contract. And I remember, like, I remember texting with you throughout the day, and and I, by the end, I think I was just sending you laughing emojis, yeah. <laughs> not not at the signings, but just like, ah, there's another one, right? Like, it was great. So yeah, I thought it was, uh, yeah, I do remember that because I remember by the time you get onto the live show, you you <laughs> you were pretty well talked out. But hey, as we all know, I like to talk more than enough for this game. So it's pretty good. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait. This is, um, again, I, I, we talk about this all the time, but like when, when people who aren't in the basketball business 
talk to talk to us, they always say, "Oh, well, isn't it great getting your summers off?" <laughs> My I'll mom let, did I it laugh. today. <laughs> oh, My mom no. said, "So the Celtics season is over. Do you get a little bit of a break?" And I was like, "No, I'm busier no. than ever." <laughs> <laughs> this this means things ramp up now that the season has. Yeah. That's what happens. That's yep. the way the NBA news cycle is. But in any event, thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Ring the notification bell. Don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcast Podcast as well. Leave us that five star rating. And review. Have a great Father's Day weekend. We'll be back Monday. Maybe we'll get to use that breaking news drop then. Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe.